What is up, everybody? Welcome to Bench Chatter, the Common Man's NBA podcast. I'm your host, Colin, here with my co-host, Noah, coming at you live on this beautiful Wednesday night to bring you the quarter season awards for this NBA season. Clap it up, Noah. These are the awards that matter. This is when it counts, baby. (laughs) Boom. You know, everyone's going to talk about the quarter, first quarter of the season awards, Colin, at at the third quarter. Hey, you know what? Bulls are top three in the East. Let's go, baby. Let's clap it up. We did it. Season's done. We did what we needed to. Let's go. That's what it's all about, about, baby. uh, Talking about your Bulls, Con, did you see that the NBA punished them today for their tampering and free agency? (laughs) Yeah. You know, I'm going to be honest. If... I'll I'll say this. I think it's dumb because I think it's well-documented that everybody does it, but it is against the rules, and... If all that's going to happen is we're going to lose a second-round pick, I, I think we'll be okay. A second-round pick in six years. It's in six <laughs> years? Oh, I didn't even see that part. Yeah, so the Bulls don't have a second-round pick until 2026, Colin, the other team involved, Miami Heat. They don't have a second-round pick till 2028. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, I really mean, funny. if that's the punishment for tampering, Con, uh, <laughs> you know, can tamper we, as much as you want, NBA. Can we, like, trade for somebody else's pick? Like, could we trade for, like, the 60th pick next year and, like, give that team, like, 400 can cash? And, <laughs> and then, then you're like, just, like, NBA, lose it? You can have this one. Yeah, you can have this one back. Because <laughs> that would kind of uh, be a good move. Speaking of the heat, Colin, we gotta give a quick R.I.P. to Bam Adebayo fantasy owners for Seriously. a nice little six weeks. Bam is going to be out. I believe he tore or sprained his UCL. Uh, yeah, gonna be out six weeks, Colin. That's that's not great for the Heat here. No, we talked about it. They have no front court depth, like at all. Who's Dwayne Deadman play for, Colin? He plays for the Miami Heat. I know that. He's going to be seeing a lot of the court. He's I'll tell be, you that. You know who else is, is going to be seeing the court? Udonis Haslam at 42 <laughs> years old. No, I sent you this earlier, but I, I just want to reiterate how ridiculous it is that Udonis Haslam is, is still in the league. In the last six seasons, he, he's been in the NBA the last six seasons. He's played in a total of 49 games. 49 over, over six seasons. That's like seven a year. Eight a year, and he's only played 340 minutes in those 49 games, which translates to nine and a half 36-minute games, like 36 minutes of playing time. Over six seasons, he's played nine and a half games. W- what are they doing? I-, I know he's in this like player-coach role, but why is he not just a coach? He's 42. I don't know. Maybe I don't, I don't know. Maybe he's a great guy to practice against con dude he must be he must be but like maybe he hates his family and he doesn't want to settle down that could be it yeah maybe he like really hates his family he's like (laughs) 200 grand this year all right sign me up (laughs) shit i only gotta play six minutes a season easy (laughs) (laughs) that's like 40k a minute it's not bad. 
It's just called efficiency, Colin. Come on. Yeah, I mean, per minute, that's actually more than what Steph's making. So, you know, who's the <laughs> real winner here? you got to respect it. you got to respect it, honestly. I do. I do. It's just, but, like, uh, he, he's seen minutes this year. He's seen more minutes this year than he did last year. And he's going to have to play unless they just say get the fuck out of here. We actually need this roster spot now, but, yeah. Jeez. And they don't really have trade assets, Colin. They can't really trade anyone to get another big man in here. No, I mean, uh, they've been very, very adamant that they don't want to trade Tyler and Duncan, which... Are they yeah, going to enter the why. Marvin Bagley sweepstakes? Yeah, fucking maybe. I st- I'm still shocked that he hasn't been traded yet. We kind of got seems roasted. Like a guy, that seems like a guy that Jimmy Butler might have absolutely hate to play with, Colin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I could see that. I could see that. Uh, Alrighty, now let's let's get into these these quarter season awards. Um, it's it's pretty interesting so far, to be honest with you. Noah. I, uh, you know, when you said you wanted to do this, I was looking at the list, thinking about where I would rank my guys and. These uh, th- these categories are, are generally pretty competitive, and I like it. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Where, uh, where where should we start now? Should it, should we start with the big boy, the uh, Heaven <clears throat> Almighty? We should start with the granddaddy of them all, Colin. Coach Six of Man year. of the Year. No, okay, I'm yeah, kidding. We both went for the joke. One of us was supposed to laugh. Come on. Well. I didn't even hear what you said because I just I screamed. I, I said, I said I, "Coach of the Year." Coach of the Year. I yeah. Okay, that was better. Fuck. See, this is why do, when we do our first podcast in person, like so these jokes are they're going to be so good because I'm going to be able to look <laughs> you in the eyes and and see what you're about to say. Well, it's going to be fantastic. By the way, if you'd like to sponsor us, let us know. We would love to. We're down to be sponsored. We're down to be sponsored. All right. Promo well, code chatter sounds too good. Ooh, 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 I like that. No, what would your? Uh, how good do you think your ad reads would be? You know, is the company who's sponsoring us calling? Are they sending us a pre-written script to say, or are we coming up with the script on our own? In, in my mind, we're big enough that like it's pre-written. They're like, hey, 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 hey here, this is what you gotta say. <laughs> I could kill an ad read then. A pre-written ad read, easy. Boom. It's it's weird when like I listen to a couple different podcasts and I hear like the same better help script across like three podcasts. And I'm like, I've heard somebody else say this exact same spiel before. <laughs> Happens though. Alrighty, the the granddaddy of them all, MVP. It's. I think it's closer than people would like to think before we we get into this, Noah. I think that a lot of people, if you look at DraftKings, if you read what you read uh, across Twitter, blogs, uh, a lot of people seem to think that this MVP race has is, is got a, a, a horse that's well ahead of the rest of the horses, and I'm not sure I believe that yet. I'm talking about Steph Curry, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mr. Steph Curry, uh, Connie probably is that fastest horse right now leading the pack. Uh, the Warriors are a 
tied for the league best record, calling it 18 and three. Just lost to the Suns last night, but Curry's averaging 27.8 points, Colin. 5.7 rebounds, 6.6 assists on almost two steals a game. Curry's actually top 10 in steals this year, Colin. And, Colin, this guy's shooting, this guy's attempting 13 three-pointers a game. I know. And hitting them at a clip of 41%. It's absurd. It's absurd. What do, what do, you, what do you do against that? I don't know. I don't know. I, I I truly don't, you know. And it goes back to that Reddit post, you know, why do the other four warriors not just lock arms and stand around stuff while he shoots? <laughs> <laughs> but clearly, you know, the other warriors are, are doing something because, as you said, they have the uh, league's best record and have only dropped three games thus far. Steph's been unreal. Like, there's... There's no doubt about it. He's playing at an MVP level, and that's when we dive into it. I'm not going to argue against Steph. I'm more just going to argue for other people. Um, Yeah, Steph Curry is having an absolutely fantastic season. The Warriors are killing it, and I think the one of the reasons that Steph has so much media hype around him is that the Warriors took those two years off. And now they're back. And so it kind of feels like people maybe thought that Steph was never going to come back and be Steph. And so everybody's kind of surprised that he's able to still do this. And and that's why he's getting so much hype. But he did this last year, Noah. I mean, he was second in the MVP voting Mm -hmm. last year as well. Like, this isn't anything new. This isn't unexpected. And it feels like a lot of the more casual fans seem to believe that. And maybe that's pretentious. Well, it isn't crazy, like, unexpected, Colin. It is, at the very least, surprising because, you know, Steph Curry was playing near this level last year, Colin, and the Warriors didn't make the playoffs. They had to play in the play-in. And I think that's where the narrative turns. We're seeing what Steph's doing this year, playing just as well, if not even better. Mm-hmm. And the Warriors are first in the league, Colin. They're tied for the best win record at 18-3. and three. And Steph's doing it with the relatively same team. And I, I've, you know, one of the podcasts I listened to called Steph the Modern Day Tim Duncan, Colin. And they called him that in the sense that, you know, from top to bottom, he's making everyone in that team better. From second guy to the 15th guy, everyone in that organization is bought in on the idea of Steph being the leader and... You know, the Warriors are getting their reinforcements here soon, Colin. Yeah. All right. No, that, I, I have to segue into it because the YouTuber that I watch called my MVP the modern-day Tim Duncan. So not only is this a debate a, over over minute. MVP, it's also a debate over who's the modern-day Tim Duncan. Oh. I got to take Jokic as the MVP right now. Wow. And I, I've, I've watched a lot of videos about this. It's tough because there has been exactly one time in NBA history that the MVP wasn't on a team that finished first, second, or third in their respective conference. And only Russell four Westbrook. times has somebody... Yeah, Russell Westbrook obviously broke the triple-double record. 
you know, people didn't think it was actually possible. He went and did it three years in a row, but that first year he was rewarded. And that Thunder team, I mean, he definitely carried. Like the Winchers, all of that stuff, he deserved it. Four times has the MVP gone to somebody whose team finished in third place. Every other time in the history of the NBA, it's gone to somebody who's finished first or second, like their team. So the way that, that MVP is kind of perceived is that you just you have to be on a good team. And I don't know if that necessarily is indicative of who is truly the most valuable player. So here's here's the argument for Jokic, uh, and I'm going to go advanced analytics here. His box plus minus so far this year, Noah, is plus 10.4. The only player in the history of the NBA who's averaged, or this is obviously over the course of a season, you know, Jokic hasn't played the whole season, who's had a higher box plus minus, is Steph Curry in 2015-2016. He's the only player. Mm-hmm. When Jokic okay. is on the floor for the Nuggets, like in the games that he's played, they're plus four and a half or something like that. And then, no, 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 plus nine and a half. Whatever. It's a 15-point swing when Jokic is on the court versus off the court in their like box plus minus. Wow. 15 points. This is a guy who's playing without Jamal Murray. Michael Porter Jr., his back is broken, and it turns out he, he kind of sucked. He'd be my candidate for least improved player. Um, <laughs> He'd be my winner for most fucked up spot in the league. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Him or, him or Rachel Nichols after the bubble. Um. <laughs> That was a pretty good one. I'm proud of myself for that one. Uh, and and the, the Nuggets are, you know, they're 10th right now in the West. It's real competitive. But those numbers are just insane. His PER is also, it's also off the charts. It's first highest in NBA history if he finishes the season like this. Second to... Second would be Giannis, and then third would be Wilt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm here for the Jokic argument, Colin. I, I do think if you're looking at the MVP award as a purely most valuable player, Jokic is that guy. Um, I'm just I'm not saying this myself, Colin, but are you just like worried? You know that uh, Jokic got the MVP last year, and the Nuggets, you know, didn't have his they didn't have a top two, top three seed. Um, do you think that's like that can only he can only get the MVP having that many wins, you know? And maybe he already got his one last year for that. Yeah, and so so that's kind of what I was saying is that I don't believe that he's actually going to win it. I believe that he should win it if he continues at this pace. I put a I put a nice little future down on a Steph Curry MVP win, Colin. What odds did you get him at? I got him at plus four fifty. And I got oh, the Warriors to win the championship at plus seven fifty. That's pretty good. This is pretty good. The Warriors and defense. I also have a future. I have a future right now. Tom Brady to win in the MVP got it at plus one thousand. Colin, that's not bad. Uh, that's not bad at all. 
Yeah, did you see the thing that uh, leaders for Coach of the Year, Rookie of the Year, and MVP are Brady, Belichick, and Mac Jones? <laughs> pretty stupid. <laughs> pretty stupid. <laughs> but turns out they were both good the whole time. They were both good at their jobs. Uh, Colin, do you have anything to say, you know, about Kevin or Kevin Durant or Giannis, who are also the two other guys on the top four here with Jokic yeah. and Curry? Yeah, I think that right now it's kind of a four-man race. Um, you know, maybe I would personally shout out Chris Paul, um, kind of the antithesis reason that I mentioned for Jokic, but, I mean, he's just the heart and soul of that Suns team. And they're killing it, so got to give him some love. But, yeah, I mean, I think people underestimated how big of an impact Kyrie had on the Nets and how how good he was. And I think we saw the Nets struggle a little bit getting the ball rolling at the start of the season without him. But what Kevin Durant's been able to do since then it's it's been unbelievable and i think that he's right there too you know i think if i were truly going to place a bet right now i would take kevin durant just because of the odds cuz i think that him and steph are right there i mean he's leading the league in scoring right now at 28.6 averaging seven and a half boards five and a half assists the efficiency numbers are as always pretty darn ridiculous mm-hmm. effective field goal percentage of 59% mm-hmm. Three-point shooting is actually down for him. It's at 39% right now. I think that that'll go up. I think we've only seen... I was was reading a very interesting article, Colin, by Sam Vecini of The Athletic, and he was talking about how shooting numbers, as we know, shooting numbers as a whole are down this year, and he, he accredited a lot of that to... He was trying to make the argument that last year's shooting stats were more of an outlier when you look at the last 10 to 20 years of shooting stats because of the no crowd, Colin. He really thought the no crowd had a big impact on how guys shot. You know what? People said that when they got to the bubble. Like I remember that being a thing, guys being like, wow, like it is way easier, way more consistent, like playing in basically an open gym as opposed yeah. to a stadium of 20,000 people either cheering as loud as they can for me or booing the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I could see how imagine, um, you know, in the bubble, it's just like they're running fives out of LA fitness. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. What's that, uh, the place in New York where they all practice is yeah, it's just like that. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. That's where we always see Carmelo, the summer Carmelo. <laughs> yeah. Going off. It's where like, we saw like the Mitchell Robinson, like, just splashing threes in pickup games. You're like, what the <laughs> fuck? When Lance Stevenson makes his like yearly, I want to come back to the NBA. That's where he's practicing at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we've seen like Jordan getting a game there within like the last five years too. Yeah, it's it's nutty. Yeah. All right. No, who do you think has the higher box plus minus right now, Steph or KD? Highest box plus minus. I'm going to go KD. It's Steph. Steph by almost two. 
So, and, and you got to remember, box plus minus for a s- single game is not considered to be um, terribly noteworthy, but over the course of a season, it is. So, I don't know if we're at the point at 20 games into the season where the sample size is truly big enough for us to compare. Because, as we all know, your uh, N has to be equal to 30 or greater for a sample size to be statistically significant. So once we hit the 30-game marker, that will be uh, a place where I look at to to really judge this MVP stuff. You say I want to say anything <laughs> yeah. about Giannis? Um, no. <laughs> you know, Giannis is having a great season, Colin. He's having 27, 11, and 6 uh, with a block and a steal game, 52% from the field. Uh, effective field goal percentage shooting of 56. You know, Giannis is having a great year, Colin. The Bucks seem like they're, you know, going to be right there for the best team, if not the second best team in the uh, league. But, it you know, the narrative just isn't there for Giannis like it was in the previous no. years, Colin. You know, he got the MVP, he got the championship, um, which I think makes this Bucks team an even more dangerous team, Colin. You know, going forward, yeah. they have nothing to lose. They've been to the top of the hill, and they just want to get back there. But, um, you know, it feels like Curry has a strong hold on it right now, Con. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the Warriors as a whole, Con, they actually have a plus 12.62 point differential, even after that loss to the Suns last night. And it's only 21 games through, but if the season ended 21 games in, Con, that would be the highest point differential per game of all time. I, I have to assume by a, a decent margin? Only by... So before that Suns game, Con, it was actually 13.6 last night. And that would have been an entire point higher. But now, to the second team, they're only up, like, point four. Is it the 98 Bulls? No. So the second best point differential team of all time is the 1971-72 Lakers, uh, 12.28, followed by the 70-71 Bucks, 12.26, followed by the 95-96 Bulls at 12.24, and then the 2016-2017 Warriors at 11.63. Jeez. But three of Jordan's teams are in the top ten. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what I wanted to hear. That's what I wanted to hear, baby. Yeah, uh, it's actually funny, Colin. The 2007-2008 Celtics are on here. Okay. Um, yeah, it makes 29, sense. Last year's Bucks are on here, and then last year's Jazz are on here. And <laughs> Last year's Jazz. Last year's I, Jazz I, is the 15th best point differential team of all time, Colin. Damn. And the reason they're struggling this year, Colin, the Jazz, is shootings down as a whole in the league. The Jazz last season, Colin, had five forty percent three-point shooters. This season, they only have two. That'll hurt. That'll definitely <laughs> hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and not that the Jazz are really having a down season. They're third in the West. Yeah. I think they're, yeah, they're 15 they're and 6. 14 and 7, but yeah. Oh, yep. Yeah, and then outside of that top three in the West, dude, like it's somehow the Grizzlies are the five seed right now. That's crazy. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Some Something's going to shake up there. Something will actually happen. But, yeah, the Mavs at 10 and 9 are the four seed. Who are we? Yeah, I don't know how they've only played 19 games and the Lakers have played 23, but that'll sort itself out. 
Alrighty, and then uh, you know, just because you did it, no, you put Demar Derozan hey. on the list. Uh, I'll shout him out. I he's not gonna win. I I think that <laughs> it, it's kind of tough when you can't tell who the MVP of your own team is to actually <laughs> then go win the MVP. But Demar's playing lights out. Demar's playing lights out. They so. should give Levine and Demar a joint MVP award. They should give him a joint. Okay, that's a good idea. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, and they smoke it, yeah. They smoke, yeah. And they're like, hey, this is the the MVP award. <laughs> Perfect. All right, and uh, that's only 25 minutes on the MVP. That's that's pretty good. That's better than our standard. <laughs> um, Defense player of the year, I mean, it's it kind of is what it is. I'm looking at, like, the top three guys right now, and I... Uh, Pretty sure they were our <laughs> top three guys. <laughs> I'm not giving it to the second guy either. <laughs> no, I just, refuse to. Just because nobody that nobody deserves a fifth defensive player award just because they're tall. <laughs> if he wins one more, they should just rename the award after him. Honestly, <laughs> be tall in the paint. The Rudy Gobert award. Yeah, yeah. The French so, guy award. So it just it, we've got Draymond, then Rudy, then Bam. This list was actually made prior to Bam, uh, letting us know that he's going to miss four to six weeks. I don't know if that truly matters in in the long run. It might, but I think that Bam could still very easily, if he comes back healthy, um, win this defensive player. Yeah, I mean, Draymond's been anchoring the Warriors, who I believe have the best defense in the NBA, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's pretty much going to do it for me. <laughs> Statistically, Colin, the, this year's Warriors defense is having one of the best years in terms of opponent defensive stats and where the Warriors rank since the 2015-2016 Spurs. Wow. In the 2015-16 Spurs, that's that's still Tim Duncan, Kawhi Leonard, LaMarcus Aldridge. LaMarcus, Tony, Danny was Ru- Green. Was Rudy Manu. Gay on that team? Uh, no, he was not. That's when they saw it, Kyle Anderson. Oh. And, Colin, that team's defensive rating was 99 points a game. Per, per 99 points per 100 possession, sorry. Wow. Kawhi was yeah. clamping. Yeah. I mean, I know points per game, like, don't matter a ton, but the fact that the Warriors in this day and age are allowing 100 points, a hundred and a half points per game, and that's beating the second team by a full two points, that's, that's pretty ridiculous. They, um, they broke their, they had a 46 game streak on of a hundred plus more points that they lost last night. Yeah. I I think they have the best defense and the best offense in the league right now. Second best offense. First uh, best do the defense. Hornets, because the Hornets have, like, the worst defense in the NBA. They suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they just score so much. Yeah. So. Yeah, like, if you... Uh, but, yeah, if, I'm... If you look at it, like, points per game and points allowed per game, for whatever reason on CBS they filter points allowed per game, like, incorrectly. Like, they have the number one team 
whoever's like letting the highest amount up. So they're number one in points per game and number one allowed per game. It's kind of funny. All right, maybe it wasn't that funny. All right, well, I thought it was pretty funny. Um, but with that, do we both pick Draymond as our defensive player of the year? Yep, I'm not giving it to Rudy Gobert. Fair enough. I wouldn't want to either. Alrighty. Well, then, for most improved player, no, this this is one that's much more interesting to me, and maybe the most debatable at this point in the season. Mm-hmm. Is that fair to say? Uh, yeah, I think so. I I think there's two guys that. You know, I think there's three guys calling, but one of the guys is going to win probably another one of the awards. But I do think this is a healthy two-man race right now. I like it. And, uh, yeah, one of these guys is hurt in this race by (laughs) being very hurt. Uh, So those two guys have to be Miles Bridges and Ja Morant. Um, Miles Bridges just coming out of the gate having an absolute monster season for a guy that – you know, I, I think he'd always shown the athleticism, but never the uh, the versatility that he's shown mm-hmm. this year. He's he's a pretty dynamic three level scorer, Noah. He is. He is. Um. He's a he's a game plan wrecker, Colin. Yeah, <laughs> you know you can scout a team as good as you want, but Miles Bridges just goes out there and he makes a. Uh, he makes game-changing plays, Colin, and he's really upped his production this year, up from 13 points last year to 20 this year, Colin. He's up one rebound. He's up one assist. He's averaging a steal and a block a game. Uh, you know, the effective field goal percentage is 52, but he's shooting seven more times a game this year, Colin. Um, yeah. And this is kind of an argument, Colin, where, you know, Miles Bridges was relatively... Um, underused last year, you know, him and PJ Washington really yeah. were really battling to see who the best forward was out of that team. So it's kind of some guy going from, you know, slightly above average to good, but in the case of Jots, a guy going from good to great. Yeah. Um, and I think this award tends to go to the guy con that goes good to great. Um, as we saw last year with Julius Randle, you know, yeah, he went from he went from pretty good to All Star level, which I think is how the president is kind of being set for this award. But how much does this injury hurt him, Colin? Can Miles Bridges just run away with the award in this time? I mean, I don't. We don't have a timetable yet for Jaw, so yeah, I don't. I don't know if he's out six weeks and and comes back. With similar levels of production and the Grizzlies, you know, are able to make the playoffs and and look like they have a fighting chance, yeah. Not, I mean, what Miles Bridges has done is, is just a, it's a leap and a half. I mean, I remember, like, I drafted him in fantasy and thought about dropping him before he played his first game to maximize a matchup. Didn't end up doing it, obviously. I I didn't think too hard about it, but I was like, oh, yeah, I could do that. And, uh, yeah, he's been pretty fucking ridiculous. He he really adds an entirely different element to that Hornets team, Con, that I 
I don't even think the Hornets themselves were expecting this year. No. No. I, I, like I said, like, I don't think that anybody was thinking of the Hornets as the top-scoring offense in the league. Yeah. Him and, him and Jar, I hope, are teammates for a very long time, Con. And, you know, respect to Miles Bridges, Con, because this guy just played. This guy bet on himself. He turned down the Hornets extension. And he's going to get absolutely paid this offseason by someone. Yeah. No, he definitely will. He definitely will. And he's he he's gonna make a lot of money, Con. Um, I kind of feel similar to Miles Bridges if he keeps this play up the entire year, as I feel to a guy like McCall Bridges. Um, while McCall's a better defender, one-on-one defender, team defender, Con, I think there's something offensively that Miles Bridges is bringing that McCall can't. And we yeah. saw McCall got the extension four years, ninety-six. Um, yeah. You know that's a lot of money, Con. But if Miles Bridges does this a whole year, he could he could be looking for a payday like that too. I I think he could get a bigger payday. I think that people, although I don't know, I I think there's that's a lot of money. <laughs> that's yeah, that's that's a lot of money for sure. That's a lot of money. But I mean, he's 23 years old. If he can average 20 points per game for a season, I don't know. Uh, if I'm a team like. The jeez, oh, I don't even know. Like if I'm <laughs> if I'm the Trailblazers right now, I would love Miles Bridges. Mm-hmm. Love him. Maybe maybe you get paid in a city like Oklahoma City, Con. Yeah. A team you who know you know, doesn't Has have a, a lot of loot to lose to signing Miles Bridges to that big of a contract. No, I mean other than developing their next three first round picks, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Also, Miles Bridges wears zero con. Like, I feel like if you're wearing zero, you're you got like plus two attributes to everything, you know. Yeah, but you got to be really fast. You can't be slow <laughs> and wear the number zero. You either got to be. You can't be a big man. You got to be fast, or you got to be like crazy athletic. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like Shaq wearing number zero, like that would look stupid. Because like I think it would just kind of like accentuate that you're fat. I think that's really it. Like you don't want to be the fat guy, and then you're walking around with the fucking no. donut on your jersey. Like, come on, you can't be doing that. I like it. Um, anybody else on this list that? Oh, there's a ton of fun names on this list. I mean, Tyler Hero. Uh, I we're gonna talk about him momentarily, but he's obviously been lighting it up. Um, people slept on Dejounte Murray. Noah, I know that the Spurs aren't exactly. I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't sleeping. I I didn't say that you were, dude. Um, yeah, I know the Spurs aren't exactly lighting up, but Dejounte is is looking nice. Um, Jordan Poole. I mean, come on, come on, come on. And uh, yeah, last guy I'll throw out there is Cole Anthony. I, he's a bit banged up right now, but. If we're talking about the guy who went from, like, okay to, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, you're pretty good. Like, Cole Anthony should be pretty high on this list then because yeah. the jump he's made, has, it's it's significant. I am, yeah, I, I really did not see this coming from Cole Anthony at all, Con. You know, maybe the fact that the Magic, draft, the Magic drafted Jalen Suggs, little, little fire in him, you know. Yeah. He's their point guard of the future. 
Um, I want to shout out Darius Garland, Colin. I think Darius Garland is having a really good year. And while statistically it might not be a crazy year, you know, he's only averaging three more, one more point and one more assist. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just his play out there has looked good. You know, the Cavs are a lot better than people expected them to be yeah, this they're year. they're competitive. And the Cavs have a pretty solid three moving forward of Garland, Jared Allen, and Evan Mobley, Colin. That, that's something to build off of. Yeah. Yeah, I think those ship the ship Sexton out pretty shortly yeah. here. And shout out to shout out to Tyrese Maxey. Yeah, shout out to Tyrese Maxey. That was that was my pick at the beginning of the year. So the fact that he's still on the list, you know, I didn't totally bomb on that one. All right, Noah. My, no, mine was Jaron Jackson Jr. God damn it. Uh, he's having a nice year. He could he's, he's been he could make a run at it. He could make a run at it. Mm, no, Miles is probably going to get this thing. He would have uh, to carry the Grizzlies over these this time. Jaws missing. Okay, but they're fourth in the West right now, so I don't know what else. They he's played doing. a disgusting game against the Raptors last night, Colin, and that they won. <laughs> when you say disgusting, it, it, I don't think you're talking about the positive disgusting. No, just absolutely vile. Yeah, anytime a game hits the uh, the under two hundred mark. These days, <laughs> you have to imagine that that uh, the viewing experience wasn't uh, quite up to par. Um, I already know. Uh, six man of the year. Uh, do you just want to talk about Tyler Hero for five minutes? Yeah, you know, I I, I think Montrez has a case in there, Colin, but you know, this award seems to have turned into Colin. Uh, you know, you score 20 points, you can win this award automatically. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, Tyler Hero Con on the season, averaging 21 points um, off the bench, 46 from the field, 43% from three, five and a half rebounds and three assists. Um, he really is the Heat's top offensive player. Um, you know, even with Jimmy Butler being there, I think Tyler Hero is the number one option there, Con which is a crazy way to format your team, not having your best player also be your best offensive player. Yeah. But Tyler Hero's killing it. He's scoring 21 off the bench, Con. And Montrez is having a killer year, Con. 16 points, shooting 66% on the field. The Wizards are defying expectations that I think anyone had for them. Um, having a fantastic year. But it's hard for a big man to win this award, Con. The last big man to win this award was Montrez Harrell himself. <laughs> um and yeah, if Tyler Hero averages twenty points, gone, this is his award. Sorry, Montrez. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, all but, right, Peter Jordan. You know Jordan Clarkson's going to have his run in there sometime. Yeah, at some jo- point Jordan in the Clarkson. Season, will, do, now Jordan Clarkson has won this award two years in a row, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, that's it. You you can only win it two years in a row, and then you're done. But if you win it once, you have to win it the next year. That's how mm-hmm. six man works. So, I agree. <laughs> so, yeah. So, we, we should actually just remove Jordan Clarkson from this list because mathematically it's impossible for him to to make it. Sorry, Jordan. Sorry, Jordan. Plus, he's not okay, averaging 20 points. Worry. That fucking moron. Yeah, I mean, yeah. come on. Get out of here, Jordan Clarkson, you idiot. Guy. Uh, Dwayne Wade wants to be Jordan Clarkson. So. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Did you ever see that interview? Somebody, like, asked him. I forget what the question was. I don't even think it, like, his answer made sense. But he was like, you know what? If I came back and played in the NBA, I would want to be Jordan Clarkson. 
I'd have no pressure, I'd score 20 points a game, and I'd get paid real well. And I have to live in Utah, though. Yeah, and you have to, yeah. <laughs> but that's something that only Dwayne Wade can say, since he won three rings and was a finals MVP. <laughs> that you can be like, yeah, actually, like, being super, like, an all-time great isn't as cool as people think it is. I'd much rather be the sixth best man on my team. Than the first... Oh, crap. Breaking news. X-rays on the lower back of Timberwolves star Carl Anthony Towns returns negative, uh, and he will be okay following their loss to the Wizards tonight. Didn't know he was injured, but that is good, especially as a cat owner and somebody that doesn't want cat to be injured. Uh, Anything else you want to say about... Yes, sir. Uh, Tyler Hero. Nope. Good job, right. Tyler. Good job, Beconet guy. Rookie of the year. This is this is a real interesting one because I, I think that there's no worse time to judge rookie of the year than twenty games into the season. <laughs> but but here we are doing it. Here we are doing it. Especially because, what, how many games has Cade played so far? He sat out the first eight. Um, he's played 16, so, you know, decent amount. Decent, that's, actually, that's more than I, I thought he'd played. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Only that, one less than Mobley now. Oh, really? Cause, yeah. Did Mobley have COVID? Uh, no, Mobley, like, tweaked his ankle. He missed, like, two games right. in a row, I think. Right, right. Um... Yeah, no, I'll let you. I'll let you take take this one and, and kind of give your perspective. Um, to me, Colin, it's Evan Mobley right now. Um, if I had to list all three, it probably would. It probably would go Mobley, Cade, Scotty. Um, Scotty used to be two, Colin, before Cade started playing more games. Um, I moved him down to three, and the reason Scotty's at my three is, you know. I got to watch Scotty in real life, Colin, and while he was, he's a freak. Scotty's a freak, and if he ever puts it all together, he's going to be one hell of a player. But as rookies do, Colin, it just seems like you can forget that Scotty's out on the court sometimes. You know, maybe he doesn't assert himself enough. And mm-hmm. I don't get that feeling with either Mobley or Cade. Um, I don't get that no. feeling with Cade because he is a point guard. He has a ball in his hands. But I, well, yeah. I also don't get that feeling with Mobley because this guy's a freak, Colin. Um, yeah. This. This guy's a freak. He, he He's doing stuff at his size that guys should not be able to do at 7 feet tall. Um, on the season, Colin averaging 14.4 points, a steal, 1.8 blocks per game, 8 rebounds, 2.5 assists. Uh, shooting 49% from the field, Colin averaging 2 threes a game at 31%. Uh, you know, a 75% free throw shooter, 51% effective field goal, but... This guy just came in on day one, Con, and has immediately made this Cavaliers team better. Yeah. Um, there were questions about, you know, how he would mesh with Jared Allen, Con, you know, if he could play together. And Mobley proved that even being at the size he is, that he's a modern big. He can play the stretch four. He can play outside if needed to. You mm-hmm. know, him and Jared Allen are clashing in the paint, clogging it up. And... Yeah, the Cavs have the fifth best defense in the league this year, Colin. 
Yeah, I, I was about it's to say. largely due to Mobley and Allen. Yeah. And this guy, this guy should have gone number one, Con. We were both super high on Mobley over Jalen Green. And looking back on it now, Con, there's a Jalen Green in every class. And that's no disrespect to Jalen Green. He's going to be good at player in the league but there's a there's a 20 point per game scorer in every draft con you could even argue there's a Cade in every draft there's not an evan mobley in every draft no i don't i wouldn't go as far as to say there's a Cade in every draft i know i know know, but but there's no no evan mobley i agree i mean i i remember that episode very distinctly and you and i kind of both came to the table and and said like this evan mobley guy like he's gonna go third but I I don't know if he deserves it. I I really and so far we've kind of been right about that. I mean, to me, kind of like you alluded to, the idea that he came into this Cavs team who ranked 26th in defense last year and now they're top 5. Like I mean, come on. Come on. The the roster didn't really change that much, honestly. Other than, like him and Ricky Rubio were your big additions. Mm-hmm. That that gives him, to me, the rookie of the year at the quarter mark of the season. But again, I think this is truly the worst time to judge rookies because Cade could go off and, and actually start averaging 21, 22 points a game, and I don't think I would bat an eye. And that would, you know, drastically change this perception that we have of them twenty games in. Yeah, yeah, we're we're gonna we're really lucky that we get to watch Evan Mobley and Cade, you know, play for the next hopefully twenty years, Con, because yeah. Cade is also a fantastic prospect, Con. You know, through sixteen games, he's averaging fourteen points, seven rebounds, and four and a half assists with a steal a game. Uh, the shooting percentages aren't great. 36% from the field, uh, 27% from three, but he's shooting seven threes a game, and he's attempting 14 field goal attempts. Um, his usage rate is much higher than Mobley's gone, uh, yeah. just because, you know, Cade's the point guard. He's going to have the ball in his hands, and he's Cade's going to play in this league for the next 20 years, Colin, and probably be a, probably going to average six rebounds, five assists for his career. <laughs> yeah, and those are... Uh... Statistics. And he's that... also got no one to help him on the Pistons, other than Jeremy Grant. Some nights. Well, and talking about Kelly Olynyk, who happens oh, to yeah, be on yeah, the Pistons, yeah. and Trey Lyles. He went to Kentucky. Half a point. I'll take it. Uh no oh yeah the third guy the fourth guy that we have to talk about have to talk about arguably like maybe the the biggest question mark on draft night was Josh Giddy mm-hmm. taken seventh by the Thunder I think they they might is this is this the Thunder's backcourt for the foreseeable future Josh and and <laughs> Shea I, I don't hate it. <laughs> You know the way that um, the Raptors are trying to collect every six eight three and D guy with a seven foot wingspan con. I kind of think the Thunder are going to do the same thing with six eight six 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 seven point guards. Yeah. Um, you know the future of basketball. The Thunder may be thinking is having five Josh Giddies out on the court. Con. 
Just if if everybody can average fifteen five and five, we'll be golden. How could we ever lose a game? <laughs> I, I I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, it, when I was watching his highlight tapes, like the thing that that definitely stood out was his court vision, his back basketball IQ, and. It was one of those things I was like, is this, you know, just because he's an awkward-looking white dude, so that's what you say about him? You know, because <laughs> you can't say he's athletic? Um, but no, it turns out he is really, really smart, very basketball intelligent, sees the game really well for a kid who's 19 years old, um, does a lot mm-hmm. around the court. I, he'll shape up the the scoring and and the shooting because um, right now he's uh, undoubtedly a, a pretty poor shooter, shooting about sixty five percent from the free throw line, forty five from two, mm-hmm. twenty five from three, good for an effective field goal percentage <laughs> of forty three. You know uh, why I have faith in Josh Giddy calling to become a better shooter? Was that? You know, I, it doesn't correlate at all, Con. But Josh Giddy already has a pretty, you know, pro level floater game. That's true. And I just think if you have a good floater, you can eventually become a good shooter, Con. I feel like it's in there. There's there's something to that. I because the, there's nothing like a bad shooter just absolutely like bricking mm-hmm. off the back <laughs> of the rim, like their floater. Yes. And and you don't see like you don't see Steph bricking his floaters all the time, do you now, Noah? <laughs> They're That's usually pretty saying. silky smooth. That's what pretty I'm saying. Pretty silky smooth. Speaking yeah. of Steph, Con, I, I don't I don't think the Warriors ever would have done it. I don't think the Warriors ever would have done it because he doesn't really fit in the Warriors win now mindset. But Josh Giddy on the thought of the Warriors, Con, is kind of enticing. Imagine they went Lamelo, Josh Giddy. They could have Lamelo Ball on that team. Yeah, that's a that's a big miss by the Warriors. Yeah, I mean, let's not give up on Wiseman yet, but uh, (laughs) yeah, clearly, pretty clearly, he is not Lamelo Ball. That is for sure. Uh, Noah, talk to me about Jalen Green. You know, he's he's an interesting one because he went number two. The Rockets suck. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of where we're at. I feel like I just, like, media-wise, because the Rockets suck, just nobody talks about him. Yeah, I there's there's just a whole slew of problems with the Rockets, Colin. Um, first off, the problems the problems do affect Jalen Green too. Um, Kevin Porter Jr. is not a point guard, Colin. As hard as the Rockets are trying to sell him as a point guard, he's just not. not a point so guard. he's automatically not a great fit with Jalen Green because Jalen Green wants to be playing next to a pass first point guard. He needs mm-hmm. easier times getting set up. A lot of this time is gone. He's just getting left with end of shot clock situations where the Rockets couldn't get anything and he's getting the ball with, you know, four seconds or less and he has to try to work some magic. Um on the season con he's averaging fourteen points, three rebounds and two assists. 
Uh, that's why I think on the hype for Cade over Jalen Green was always there because we knew um, at Cade's worst con, he could average more than three rebounds and two assists, but we couldn't mm-hmm. say the same for Jalen Green, whose main thing is scoring. Um, really bad percentages, Colin, 38% from the field, 27% from three, um, 45% effective field goal shooting, but I also think the Rockets... <clears throat> the Rockets have been playing Tice a lot, and I think Jalen Green needs a dynamic, like, rim runner kind of big mm-hmm. as his center. You know, he does have Christian Wood, but the Rockets' offense isn't, like, good enough to set up an actual good pick and roll, really, to utilize Jalen Green and Christian Wood. And I don't think Jalen Green's playmaking is there either, um, especially without the turnovers. And, yeah, he, he he's going to have a hard time in Houston con because of their lack of other good players, which is something you need around a guy who's just a dynamic scorer. So it's it's going to be a project. Jalen Green's a project. The Rockets are a project. And, you know, hopefully next year he can just come out and he gets a little better. How did the Rockets turn James Harden into nothing? <laughs> the actually nothing. Tice. I don't know, Con. I don't know. How do you not take Ben Simmons? Do you think in the hindsight the Rockets right now would just be like, hey, give us Ben Simmons? And the 76ers would just be like, okay, yeah, sure. (laughs) Uh, 100%. Because Ben Simmons would be a perfect backcourt pairing next to Jalen Green. Well, but the 76ers have to say yes to that. They have to say yes to... Well, they say yes easy. Yeah, because they don't have to pay Ben Simmons now. Yeah, and they get James Harden. Oh, yeah, yeah, duh. Yeah, good point. (laughs) Yeah, from the Nets. Jalen Green calling another guy that wears zero. (laughs) That makes sense. That makes sense. Jalen Green's a cool-looking dude, too, like... I like when when guys are like 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 Russ wearing zero. It's like yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, no, we've got four minutes. Who's your coach of the year? It's Billy Donovan. It's Billy Donovan and the Chicago Bulls. Let's clap it up. Let's clap it I'm up. Actually, Billy Donovan. Billy D. <laughs> I'm giving it to Wes Unseld Junior. Junior. Yeah, Junior. Junior. Okay. All right, just yeah, we, we cleared that one up, didn't we? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean it's coach is the stupidest award. It's just what team overperformed the most. Yep. Um, I'll leave us Colin in this heavy stat-filled episode. I will leave you with the most efficient jump shooters. Minimum 150 attempts through this season. And number one, Patty Mills, producing 1.33 points per shot. Let's go. And number two, Grayson Allen, producing 1.27 points per shot. As we all expected. And number three, Steph Curry, producing 1.25 points per shot. And number four, his brother, Seth Curry, producing 1.23 points per shot. And a number five, Carmelo, producing 1.19 no shots. No way. Points per shot. I love that. 
I love Colin, that. do you do you think you can guess who the least efficient jump shooter in the NBA is? Minimum 150 jump shots. Jason Tatum. No. Uh, this guy, Colin, is shooting, or he's getting seven one points per point. Per point per pos- possession. Sorry, shot. Point per shot. God. Point per Jesus. shot. Um, point seven one. Minimum 150. What is that at this point? That's like like eight attempts a game. Maybe yeah. less. He's 51 uh, of 154 on jumpers this season. 33.1%. Who's really been second out? Is it like... Jeremy Grant? No. All right, a player game. even better. A player better than than Jeremy? Is it Dame? No, he's right around Dame's level, though. That's, I I could have sworn it was going to be Tatum. Uh oh, it, is it Russell Westbrook? No, it's one of his teammates, though. Is it AD? It is AD. Wow. The least efficient jump shooter in the league this year, Colin. Would not have guessed, but that doesn't surprise me terribly. He's taking quite a bit of mid-rangers, Colin. 40% of his uh, shot distribution chart is mid-rangers this season. And I'm sure that... The, like the Lakers don't hate that. I'm sure that's a part of his game. He very much mm-hmm. like to develop. I mean, it's kind of making a comeback in a weird way, Noah, because you you've got guys like KD and Demar who are just so insanely efficient. They shoot like sixty five, seventy percent from mid range that it's worth it statistically. Mm-hmm. And- If yeah, you develop so, it like that. Yeah. I I want AD taking more shots at the paint, but he's been playing too much for this season, Colin. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's been playing with Dwight Howard or DeAndre Jordan at the court. But yeah, um, is... going back to your point about mid-range, like, a good basketball team composition-wise does have a good mid-range uh, shooter on it. Like, for example, the Suns last year, they had two elite mid-range shooters in Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Mm-hmm. And that can help you win a lot of games in clutch time situations because generally the mid-ranger is going to be there on a pick and roll. Yeah. But part of the reason the Suns lost that finals as bad as they did, Con, was they started relying on the mid-ranger too much and didn't get to the rim enough. Yeah. Yeah, because the foul distribution in that series was, so it's was a, stupid. It's a, it's a slippery slope with the mid-ranger. Yeah. Yeah. And I, mean, like, and I think a guy like DeMar DeRozan teeters that middle of that scale perfectly, Con. He does. He does. And DeMar's developed the three, and I think it pairs well, very well next to Levine, mm-hmm. who doesn't take a lot of mid-range, is definitely more of a attack-the-rim or, or pull-up kind of guy. Mm-hmm. So the, the spacing on the floor works fantastically. Yeah. And then not to mention Vooch Dalmo, which we love. Yeah. Yeah, I bet DeMar's already won you guys like two or three games where he hits clutch mid-rangers. And yeah, just the, game. Uh, the amount of times this season where DeMar's taken a contested mid-range, like, 
with like 15 seconds left on the clock where I've been like, what the fuck? And then it goes in and I'm like, all right, I'll eat my words. <laughs> he's cash. He's cash money. He, I, it's, it's like, <laughs> I saw a like, verbal meme in one of those tweets on Twitter and it was like, wait, DeMar, De-, it was like the two astronauts, like, outside of like planet earth and like it's usually like flat or whatever and it was like a picture of like demar Derozan, and like one guy was like wait you're telling me that demar Derozan mid-range is just as good as a layup and then it's the other guy like put gun pointed to his head and says yep always has been <laughs> that's my banger of the week no, I already got Banger of the Week. Come on. Dude. You did get Banger of the Week. Follow us on Twitter to find out what the Banger of the Week is. Can you describe the Banger of the Week to them, Con? Yeah, so verbal meme, uh, guy sitting in the corner of the party alone while everybody else is partying, uh, and he says, they don't know that I run my own sports podcast. <laughs> I thought it was a Banger. <laughs> That's going to be us on New Year's Eve, Con. We've got to recreate that picture. Yeah, we we do. Except, well, we'll have to like do it individually. Yeah. Oh, actually, uh, yours yours will be. They don't know of a Marvin Bagley. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know that Marvin Bagley could be putting up twenty and ten given the right circumstance. <laughs> All right, Alrighty. future banger of the weeks, right there. Future banger of the weeks. Alrighty, well that yeah, that's gonna do it for Ben's chatter. We'll uh we'll be at you we'll be at you fellas live on Sunday for week eight preview. Thanks for listening to another episode of Bench Chatter guys, the Common Man's NBA podcast. And we'll see you on Sunday. Peace. See ya.